And joining us now, we are able to catch up with uh, a familiar voice and face on the show, David Widmar with Agricultural Economic Insights. And David, good to catch up with you in person, sir. How are you? Good to see you, Jesse. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate the time, David. Appreciate the time. Uh, we're going to talk about a few different things here surrounding the uh, farm economy and the markets. Uh, I think top of mind first, let's, uh, let's tackle some of the headline news. The Ukraine grain export deal getting extended 120 days. Uh, your thoughts on that, but also how that kind of ties into this broader picture of tight stocks globally right now. Right. I think um, this is news that's going to result in that supply of grain finding its way into the, the globe. One thing to keep in mind is the Ukraine-Russia story the last nine months has been supply-driven. And what that means as an for an economist is, <clears throat> generally speaking, supply issues can resolve themselves relatively quicker, quicker than a demand shock. Mm -hmm. And so when we saw these supplies come off the market, now they're starting to come on the market, the world's going to start responding and adjusting their plantings all around the world in the next few months and in the winter. So all of this is starting to solve the supply issue. Now, in the broader context, we still have tight stocks. Overall, the supply story is going to rem remain tight for the foreseeable future. So it's an improvement, but it's still a tight situation. It's still going to take some time to get resolved. And I think we'll just uh, have to keep all that in mind as we head into the 2023 marketing year. Definitely. Definitely. Well, as we head into the 2023 marketing year and think about budgets, crop budgets, I mean, there's so many different things surrounding input prices, et cetera, farmers looking at their bottom lines and you know, trying to shape their thinking. Uh, there's a lot of things to think about heading into next year, David. Right. It's going to be another year of high production expenses. Probably every category is going to be a little bit higher than it was a, a, for 2022, but the outlook still remains favorable, still remains positive. Um, but we have a scenario where more chips have been pushed into the middle of the table. It's going to take more dollars to plant this crop, and producers are definitely worried about where do commodity prices go? Are we going to be able to still enjoy commodity prices from a year from now or two years from now? Because everybody kind of remembers the cycle in agriculture where commodity prices first move up really quickly and cost of production are slow to adjust. That makes the boom years so exciting. But on the backside, when commodity prices fall faster than cost of production, that's what producers are worried about. That's what they're thinking about when they have 550 575 cost of production to raise a bushel of corn in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. What happens if commodity prices adjust really quickly? I know as well, um, thinking about just the budgets and everything else, uh, you know, another thing that we have been hearing about in the news is farmland values. I mean, we've seen how many record land sales in Iowa announced in the news in the last couple of weeks. Uh, that's something to think about as well, though, I think, for farmers is whether, you know, maybe they are out and they're in a position to buy more land or maybe their cash rents could be going up or what's happening there. Uh, what are you seeing on the farmland value side right now? It's a good news, bad news story. The factory got more expensive to raise our agricultural <laughs> products. If we own those factories, that's really good news. Our, our balance sheets reflect that. But if we're renting the factory or we're uh, we want to buy or expand the factory, that means it's going to be more pricey, more costly for us to do that. What we're seeing, interestingly, um, we'll see how farmland values respond the next 12 months given the rise in interest rates. Um, and the pressure that's going to put on asset values, not just farmland, but throughout the entire economy, home values, stock markets, we'll see how that begins to work its way through. When we look at the cash rent data, you know, producers aren't going to want to hear this, but generally speaking, we had record high gross dollars of cash rent. But when you adjust for per bushel productivity or when you adjust for revenue, it's not as expensive as it might seem. So we could actually see more upward pressure 
on cash rental rates as that renegotiation period opens up for producers throughout the winter months. And I just think, you know, looking at the broader ag economy and looking at producers' bottom lines, and I know you talk about this a lot on the Ag Forecast Network and just all your research with AEI, it's about, you know, kind of shifting your thinking in a lot of cases, isn't it, David? Right. When we have all this uncertainty and all this conversation, you and I even talking about this kind of adds to that uncertainty. Yep. It's really important for producers to try to insulate their thinking. A couple ways you can do that is get really specific about the uncertainty you're thinking about, prioritize the uncertainties that you want to approach, and then really focus on how do you position your operation. Don't just predict the future or you know worry about the future. Take a few steps to position your operation. Whether it's commodity prices in 2023, the macro economy and interest rates, um, cost of production. How do you make small incremental changes today that allow you to make big changes over the long run. It's like this idea of a plane getting a little bit off course when it leaves Kansas City, for example. A small deviation at the beginning of the route can really add up and it can really adjust that that flight path a long, long ways down the road. David, uh, before we let you go, anything else you are watching or anything else you're working on right now uh, on the AEI side that you're kind of looking at here as we move into the end of the year? Of course, the farm bill is going to be on yep. everyone's mind. We're going to see how this moves forward. We kind of have some more certainty or we have more insight on where Congress is going to be for mm -hmm. the, the, the new election cycle. So we're going to keep an eye on that. It looks like Ark and PLC are going to stick around. Of course, we're also talking about our latest season of the podcast series, AEI.ag Presents. And we're trying to help producers and those in agriculture really think about where does the money come from that farmers use to um, buy the farm or use their operating line of credit or buy that new pen of cattle, additional pen of cattle. And we talk about the farm credit system. We talk about Farmer Mac. How does the local commercial bank work? And we tie all that into the broader debt markets of the Federal Reserve, Wall Street, and how that money makes its way all the way to the farm, family farm. Fantastic. AEI.ag. That is where you can find more information with that. David Widmar, always a pleasure, sir. Thanks for joining me, and we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good, Jesse. Thanks so much.